This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. Uh, first up today, if you need it, a primer on the UMNO General Assembly and the headlines and frankly the shouting uh, that have been swirling around it. Ah, always with the shouting. So the Amno General Assembly commenced yesterday. It will continue until this, uh, this Saturday, the 14th of January. And this is, of course, Amno's first General Assembly since the party president, Datuk Sri Ahmad Zaid Hamidi, agreed to work with Pakatan Harapan and form the unity government. So a lot um, happening in terms of people who are unhappy with that, uh, people who are in support of uh, Zahid, of course, um, and uh, also... I guess a, a kind of a test to see what the party actually wants moving forward because this assembly is expected to test that level of acceptance by delegates and the grassroots uh, when it comes to working with Pakatan Harapan, particularly DAP. Um, and Amno Sekjen, Datuk Sri Ahmad Mazlan, has said that uh, the focus for this general assembly is going to be on internal matters first and therefore foreign dignitaries as well as leaders of non-BN parties uh, weren't invited. So... That's uh, that's kind of the general lay of the land, but there have been specific calls or proposals or statements put out that have generated some interest. So for instance, uh, Amno Deputy President Datuk Sri Mohamed Hassan, or Tokmat, uh, said yesterday that opening the top two posts in the party, one of which of course is his own, uh, to contest might lead to internal divisions, uh, saying that with Amno's current state of affairs, it was better for the positions to go unchallenged. He added though, you know, um, he was willing to accept a challenge should it come. Uh, a total of 140 Amno division leaders have also put their weight behind this, unanimously calling for these top two leadership positions to not be contested. Um, And it's coming from the same place, saying that there's a need to avoid a split in the party, seeing that they are going to face six state legislative assembly elections soon. Um, So that, of course, hasn't gone unresponded to, right? Um, You also have, well, who would you expect? Who would you expect to, to rise to the clarion call of this? Well, Kairi Jamaluddin has said that this call uh, to not contest uh, the AMNO presidency was, quote-unquote, madness. He called it a threat to democracy in AMNO. Kairi, of, of course, has indicated that he wishes to challenge the AMNO president for the presidency as well. Again. Um, uh, yes. So um, that's... That's at least some of the most recent drama to come out of the General Assembly. But there are other adjacent things going on as well. So, for instance, um, Zahid called out um, 10 members from the party who had signed SD's backing Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin SPM after GE15. And he claimed that these MPs turned their backs on the party. Uh, according to a source, six of these MPs were from AMNO, four were from BN component parties. Uh, meanwhile, there have also been calls uh, to remove quote-unquote from the party. So a lot going on, as I say, a lot to do really with unity and uh, closing ranks within the party. Yeah, and I think laying bare some of the long simmering divisions that everyone has kind of known were there, the understanding that there's a lot of factionalism that's going on within the party. It's just seeing it all come to a boil, I think. And where we land after the assembly ends, um, so next week's shows I think are going to be quite interesting once we know what's happened. Um, But in the meantime, we are discussing 
all of this today and the ramifications of it with Shazwan Mustafa Kamal, Associate Director at Brians and Partners, who will be joining us uh, on the line after this. We'd like to know, though, are you following along the AMNO General Assembly? Who or what are you keeping an eye on? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. BFM eighty nine point nine. The Business Station. It is 5.13 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. Today we are going behind, sort of, the closed doors of the UMNO General Assembly and taking a look at the stories that are already starting to trickle out from it. We'd like to know though, um, are you also following along and who or what are you keeping an eye on? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now, we have Shazwan Mustafa Kamal, Associate Director at Vriens and Partners. Shazwan, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Hello, happy to be here. All right, so let's dive right in. Uh, there have been a call from division leaders for the top two posts in the party not to be contested. Uh, what's your take on this and what does it tell us about where the party's at right now? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's interesting that, you know, there's been a call from division leaders for the party, not, for the posts not to be contested. I think this is reflective over uh, the narrative that's trying that that's being um, I think uh, pivoted by the party leadership um, that the narrative is that if you change uh, leaders to steer the wheels of uh, the ship that is Amno right now there are too many um, there, there are too many uh, variables right and um, right now Amno does not need change it needs stability um, however there are those I think within the party they are saying. Stability only comes with change because um, what you know the, the AMNO that you have up to now has not worked, uh, and you need uh, basically reforms and all that. So I mean, you have those actors I think voicing up already. So it's a matter of I think what Zaid Hamidi, whether Zaid Hamidi can successfully navigate uh, and position himself as the leader for AMNO, and that's a challenge simply because under his um, leadership, AMNO has been at its weakest since 2018. Uh, but obviously, he finds himself in a different situation right now. He's Deputy Prime Minister. So ostensibly, he's using that to buttress his position and his faction's position to, to lead the party. And that's that's why you're seeing 140 division leaders uh, out of, I think, 180, was it, um, that, that are supportive of you know keeping the top two leaders uh, in power. But obviously, another question that some, I think, uh, quarters within AMNO have been um, talking about is that Division leaders are division leaders. They're rank and file, but they're not necessarily representative of, um, you know, what the grassroots are thinking and the grassroots are, un- are unhappy. So that's that. I think different dynamics there. Um, it will probably rear its. Um, it will probably be, I think, extrapolated, or you can actually see it during the course of the assembly um, throughout the throughout the later part of this week. Although I think um, Zahid and um, the Amnu leadership is trying their best to sort of like. Um, Put a lid over any narratives that may run counter, may run counter to what um, to, to the unknown leadership in order to provide a unified front. So that does lead to larger questions around the ramifications, the larger ramifications of who's at the top in AMNO, right? Because from the beginning, the stability of this unity government has been tied for better or worse to Zahid Hamidi. How might, how might this change if Zahid doesn't retain the top post? Obviously, there's a big case to be made. Uh, with regards to the stability of the unity government, if Zahid does not retain the top post, because um, every, as everyone is well aware, I think if it was not for Zahid, 
um, uh, single-mindedly, um, I think, um, pushing through that collaboration with Anwar Ibrahim as well as Pakatan Harapan, you won't see the government that, is, that you have today. If it was not for AMNO uh, um, agreeing to align with PH and Anwar, uh, you know, the Sarawak party, Sarawak as well as Sabah won't fall in line. So it's a, it's, it's a very delicate situation. Um, the Prime Minister and his coalition has, I mean, Prime Minister has tested his majority in Parliament and survived that, 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 that test. But however, support for him is still very much conditional and contingent to Zahid. The fates are quite intertwined. And I think Prime Minister realizes that that's why Zahid, despite, um, I think, criticisms about his ongoing court cases, optics, is Deputy Prime Minister and holds a sizable portfolio. AMNO holds more posts um, within government than DAP, even though DAP has more posts, sorry, more MPs in government, in parliament than AMNO. So, um, if Zahid does not retain the top post, you may well see some fissures or friction. Um, and I, I guess um, conversations about changing of uh, alliances may occur. But it would depend on who takes over, right? So if KJ, let's say, makes a run for the top post, he stated openly that he will support the current government just because, um, you know, there's, there's stability and fluidity. Amno is part of the current government. It's more, let's work... Let's work on fixing the party first and then seeing how we can be an effective gov- partner to the current government, um, you know, survive one election cycle and then basically regroup. Um, but if you have other leaders um, among those that Zahid named during the closed-door meeting um, uh, yesterday, um, if they were to challenge Zahid for the post and win, then, you know, on block you might see increased appetite for um, perhaps... Um, um, uh, moving away from the broad agreement or alliance with Pakatan Harapan and perhaps entertaining um, previous um, bedfellows in the form of Perikatan National and Park. So you mentioned Kairi Jamaluddin. Uh, Ismail Sabri and Hishamuddin Hussein are also among the names expected to to challenge uh, Zayed Hamidi. What would each of them um, bring to the top post? I think... For all intents and purposes, Kairi Jamaluddin has a good argument to make in terms of uh, making a run for the country's top post. Uh, sorry, for the with the party's top post, challenging Zahid just because he's done that before. It's not his first um, rodeo. Um, I think he has um, positioned himself well within uh, both governments, Muhyiddin and Ismail Sabri, to be able to say that uh, that that he sort of managed to create a, a brand or image of himself as a leader. Regard, irregardless of which party, uh, which coalition is in power, right? So he has that credibility as well. And I think he's been quite consistent in wanting to reform AMNO. And I think um, his latest pronouncement of the willingness to work with the current government under Anwar Ibrahim will sort of temper, I think, any concerns about um, challenges to, um, to the current leadership of the current coalition gov- unity government. So... I mean, Kyrie is a palatable, I think, alternative. Uh, and, and, and I think a, a probably a, uh, with him, you probably see younger, um, younger faces. That, um, his lieutenants in the form of Shari Hamdan, etc. will likely come into Tao should he take over. But obviously, Kyrie is also a, um, a, a political, uh, um, you know, quite an adept political operator. He will understand that there will be a need to retain some of the old guard in his leadership of AMNO. So, um, but Ismail Sabri, Hisham and Hussein, what do they bring? I think uh, I'll start with Hisham very briefly. Hisham brings, I guess, 
brevity of experience, having been in many, many government administrations. Uh, but alongside this, he also brings about um, consistent mediocrity as well. Um, he hasn't, he, I mean, on terms of purposes, he did, not, he did not shine in any of these governments. He did his job, very well likable, likable, affable leader, someone you consider as a senior vice president or even a deputy prime minister, right? But as president, I, I don't see it, not for now. Ismail Sabri, um, you know, um, yeah, I, I guess the credit Ismail Sabri can bring to the table is that he was the first person to actually bring, uh, you know, bring to fruition uh, a form of uh, political agreement between the opposition and the government. He was the first prime minister that actually managed to get that through, managed to pass through key reforms, including a very famous anti-hopping law, um, which is, I think, uh, one of the reasons why I, I guess we managed to settle the political imbroglio sooner than sooner than later. So, um, you know, personally, obviously, like just like Hisham Modi, he's been in government quite quite a long time, has several portfolios. So I think, uh, uh, and and if Amno were looking for, I guess, a replacement to Zahid, but someone more senior, albeit a less less conservative, but someone with friendlier ties to Prikata National then I would go with Ismail Sabri and Hisham Munir as well. Rumors are abound that Hisham is going to challenge Zahid and, and if that sort of, if Amno passes the, 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 the law, the rule to um, not contest the top two posts, and rumor is also right that Hisham will uh, apparently um, you know, leave Amno with his people to join, um, I guess, Perikatan. But obviously in politics, rumors are rumors until the 13th hour or until the 5th statutory declaration. So, yeah. Um. So, on that note then, right, Ahmad Maslan has said that this assembly is firstly going to focus on internal issues. And uh, aside from this question of leadership, the party's performance in GE15 is one that's likely to come up. What kind of discussions are you expecting to see around that? I think, the, I think one of the primary discussions is, I think, Amno needs to, I think, perhaps do, I don't know whether this is going to be sort of addressed during the assembly, but it needs to do a deep dive as to why it performed the way it did, right? And sort of like the kind of seats that it managed to cling on to versus the seats it lost to, to Prikata National, um, you know, especially past. Because ultimately what is what we see right now, and I think what many Amno leaders see is that um, the battle, the battleground for I think the core, the Malay heartland is uh, increasingly looking to be I think now for for some some for some key seats between Amno and Prakata National, right? So that's why they, the narrative right now, if you look at some of the I think talking points that be coming out of these these indoor proceedings, is that uh, a relationship with Anwar and his unity government is palatable because they do not command the Malay support. Amno fills in that void, that space. For stability, whereas if we were to align with Prikata National, it'd be just a, a, brev, a coalition of Malay parties in which Amno would be a junior partner. So the, the argument here, I think, moving forward is um, Amno did badly. Yes, who do you blame for the election losses, right? Uh, and and more importantly, what do you do moving forward? So if you're going to work with Pakatan for at least one election cycle, um, how do you prepare to position yourself as the to, to, as the party that that forms the, that that addresses the concerns of the Malays, the for, the core Malay support, um, versus you know if you were in a, a coalition of other parties, you know uh, what, what can you offer, right? So I think so I think this there is a way out for Amno, 
there is a way to sort of re-envision Amno. But the problem, the challenge is Amno. Amno is is want to do things. We want to sort of uh, go into elections without fully um, absorbing why it lost in the first place, right? So the losses, I think the losses in, I think Amno was very much fooled by its election performance in the state elections last year and to thinking that it was the beast that it was before, right? So I think the losses, its performance right now is a, I think um, it's, it's, a, it's a, a spin-off from a series of election performances that started, I think, in, um, that, that's, how, that's how it climaxed in 2018, right? Um, but really started in 2008, 2013. It was already there. The signs were there already. But I think uh, right now it's, it's come full circle. So it's up to Amno and how he wants to position itself. But at the same time, it's also going to face a tough battle of convincing grassroots why it would choose to work with the very parties it passed a resolution on two years ago or a year ago to not work with in the first place. So, yeah. It's going to be quite a heated battle, I think, internally. Although Amno will try its best, try its darnest to showcase that all is well on the outside. So, you know, acknowledging that then and acknowledging the fact that these are closed-door discussions, do we have any indicators about the level of acceptance from delegates and grassroots on the subject of the unity government and this, you know, strange bedfellow situation? Um, I think it would depend. I think... I mean, I, I I haven't been on the ground um, as of late to sort of um, to sort of assess that, but I think you can tell from the recent um, by elections that were called um, just how just how much of a challenge uphill battle is going to be, right? So while I think the narrative may be um, somewhat uh, better discernible within, I guess your Klang Valley enclave, if you go out, if you go out to other constituencies. I think people are, you're going, Amno is going to have to do its best or redouble its efforts to explain to everyone why, why, just why are they working, just why are they working with Anwar, right? A man they've demonized for the past more than a decade. And what happened with PAS? What happened with the sort of like the movement for, for Malay unity, right? Because that was a very strong narrative that Amno preached on for the past two years. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that simple just because it, anecdotally there's been instances to showcase that even during the general election, people were confused over the fact that Amno is not with Prikatan. <laughs> and now Amno is with Pakatan, right? So, and, 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 and you can see that, um, I think, in the two by elections. Um, the fact that Amno won um, one of the seats were very narrowly is an indicator that this, this, um, this needs more time to gloss over. But ultimately, a bigger question is how long will this last, right? Because importantly, you have key six state elections coming uh, that has to be held by middle of the by by um, I think Q3 this year. Um, you know, should uh, we replicate the alliance on a state level? Of obviously, I think in terms of numbers, in terms of uh, political support, comfortable to do so. But what if they don't? What if it's not bring about the desired result? Uh, are they then gonna? Uh, is that then going to sort of influence uh, leaders? Not just from Amno here. I probably you know e- even from Pakatan to sort of say that okay, maybe this isn't working out the way you imagine it to be. Because I think it's much more different. I, an alliance with Amno right now is much more. I think it's a bit more different to navigate than alliance that that I think the Pakatan parties had with past back in Pakatan right yeah back then because the nar- the agenda was easier the narrative was simpler because common enemy be an evil 
fight for free and fair elections, things you could get behind, while you could probably gloss over details over um, over contravening um, you know principles in terms of the political coalitions. But with BN and AMNO, it's 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 uh, uh, it's going to be a bit tougher to sell. Um, but they have to figure it out, and I'm sure and I'm sure that's occupying their minds um, in the coming weeks and months. We have just about 30 seconds left. Uh, this assembly is expected to be also a time for the party to reflect, to reunite. How do you see them moving forward? So I think, um, ju- judging from um, the current leadership, right, I mean, is leadership of Amno, and if that leadership were to be continued post, I mean, obviously post this assembly, or you know, if, he, if nothing's going to change post-party, then unity would mean um, keeping the people who support you close by and culling those who don't support you. And we've seen that happen in GE. I expect that to happen here as well. AMNO um, is not a party that celebrates differences very well. Um, party of rank and file. That's mainly a reason why it survived so long. Um, I don't expect that to change. Um, if you have a different leader like, let's say, KJ in place, those structures might be challenged. But I don't foresee him having the willpower to reform that immediately, right? Um, so, I mean, uh, I, I think uh, the messaging they will come with at the end of this assembly will be Amno's united stronger than ever, but fishers remain. And I think you will see them rearing their ugly heads in the months to come, and especially during the party, the party elections. Shazwan, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Thank you for having me. That was Shazwan Mustafa Kamal, Associate Director at Vriens and Partners, weighing in on the UMNO General Assembly, uh, which started yesterday. It's going to continue until Saturday. Let us know if you're following along and keep it here. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.